Hi everyone, you're listening to Something Real. On today's Something to Talk About episode, Rich and Heidi are discussing a bit more about what Rich talked about on Tuesday and really getting into how in this section of Luke, Jesus is calling us to take a look at how we really see ourselves. And then that translates into how we eventually see other people. So they get into that discussion today. Enjoy. Okay, well, we're coming at you live, not really live because this is recorded, but uh, from the Berrien County Youth Fair in Berrien Springs, Michigan. And this is a great annual event for our area. Uh, And with all of the chaos that comes along with going to the Berrien County Youth Fair, uh, we're here all week and and wrapped up with that. So we are recording from a camper outside of the horse barns. uh, And... uh, Stacy is still on a little break. Hopefully she'll be back with us next week. Uh, but as we're um, progressing here, I have another guest, Mrs. Heidi Clark, who is the uh, elementary principal at the Chickaming campus of River Valley Elementary in Three Oaks, Michigan, and also happens to be my sister. And uh, really excited to be able to bring her in. It seems to be a family affair. I keep bringing in family guests as we come in. Heidi, welcome. Thank you, thank you. Um, this is also Heidi's first podcast, so yes. she's super excited and not in any way super nervous about it. Super excited about it. About because, it, yeah. you know, hanging out, talking with your brother in a camper is so unusual for you. Well, you did cut me off from air <coughs> conditioning. That is kind of a struggle. It's it's tough to do a podcast with a whole bunch of kids watching Coco in the, in the other half of the camper. Yep. But as we are uh, working through this, we are discussing, having some thoughts here about... Um, Luke chapter 6, and we're looking specifically at verses 39 through 42, and uh, as we're walking through this, uh, I apologize for any sounds that you hear over this recording from inside, outside the camper, the horse barn, people walking past, uh, roll with us here, it's a, it's a good special occasion for us. But as we're looking at uh, Luke 6, 39 to 42, um, Jesus is talking uh, in a sense about vision, but really what he's talking about is, is our ability to see ourselves rightly. Uh, and he's calling us to to a better view, a better understanding of who we are. And in relationship to, to that reality, how we see other people. If we don't see ourselves right, then we can't see others right. If we don't understand reality, then that puts us in a bad spot. So as we're uh, dealing with this, all of this is coming off of the greater reality concept that he began with in the, in the beatitude type portion, the blessings and woes uh, that he uh, worked through earlier in chapter 6. And uh, Heidi, with your background both as a, um, as a, a teacher and school administrator, as a, also as a mom and a wife, um, I think there are some unique perspectives uh, that perhaps can, uh, can be useful. <coughs> Pardon me. Uh, I can't really relate to this as a mom or a wife. I've never done that. So True. Um, there are some parenting principles that we can get. But how does this passage that we're reading, how does this relate to your uh, work environment or your school environment as you lead uh, young people and also a staff of adults? Uh, how might this type of thing relate to that? Well, I mean, I, th- I think it... Uh talks a lot about leadership, whether it's choosing who you follow or how you act as a leader in the first place. Um, I think that's 
what I take out of it a lot is just leadership principles as well as things for my remind telling my kids how to who to follow and who to lead and how to lead and all that jazz you know as you say that there's quite an overlap isn't there between the professional life and the home life as far as you know teaching your own kids teaching other people's kids and leading adults there there are a lot of parallels a lot of similarities that go along with yeah so I noticed uh, even during this week, uh, one of the beauties of becoming an administrator is you get a lot more meetings than you probably had when you were a teacher. Oh yes, yeah. even, my favorite part. <laughs> even as we're uh, even as we're going through fair stuff and uh, having the kids working with their animals, um, you had to leave to go to uh-huh. some some RISA meetings uh, that are you know professional type things, and I don't even know what those are about. But it strikes me that uh, it's possible for teachers to be really well-meaning or leaders to be really, really well-intentioned and yet still do a bad job, not, not know how to lead, not really understand the, the right ways to be able to teach. Um, you ever encounter things like that in, in the school setting where you have people that really, um, they think they're doing the right thing, they're convinced that their way is right, but they really lack the knowledge or the vision uh, to be able to do what needs to be done in a, in a proper way. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think we run across that all the time. But, you know, probably the, the most obvious example is a substitute that comes in to sub, whether it's in an age group that they've never experienced. For instance, you know, when Jeff got to sub in kindergarten all day long for the entire day, and he didn't love that. Um, but just Jeff, co- Jeff is our brother that filled in last week. Yeah, and um, uh, just you know, coming into a whether it's develop, not knowing the developmental age of the kids or not knowing the curriculum at all, um, and you know, if you're sometimes subs get stuck in a classroom where the teachers weren't able to leave plans because they, for whatever reason, it was an emergency or whatever, or um, just left very vague plans or, you know, so you're just feeling like you're following a a dark path and you have no idea what to do or where to go. I've been there having subbed for a few years myself that uh, can be a little disconcerting. My first uh, significant, my first semi-long-term sub job uh, was at a school that... um, was in tremendous upheaval and transition and uh, they had lost their special ed teacher and so I um, went into sub in that special ed class and I didn't have any lesson plans I didn't have actually didn't have a classroom we met in a closet for a while (laughs) not even kidding Uh, a closet that was converted to a dressing room when they had a drama department so we met in there I didn't have a class roster (laughs) Uh, I didn't have any of the 504s or or instructions for any of the students and I felt really lost and overwhelmed trying to direct and lead and keep order in this situation and I really didn't have anybody to turn to at that uh, time I think they were without a principal if I remember correctly so it can be really difficult sometimes even when you really want to do well uh, because circumstances are bad bad Mm -hmm. understandings lack of education um, you know I see that with uh, some folks in homeschooling that, that I've encountered. Some folks are fantastic with it. Take it really seriously. And I have a friend uh, that I went to school with. Wasn't a great student in school, but uh, when she homeschooled her, her her children, she got very passionate about it. And she learned everything she could learn and, and you know taught her kids. And when, they, uh, when her oldest daughter re-entered in, during high school, she was a couple of years ahead in math. Well, I was in math with this 
uh, with this mom when we were in school, and that was not her thing. Wow. But she educated herself and learned to do that. And yet I've seen others who maybe were better students, maybe they weren't, I don't, I don't really know, um, who didn't take it as seriously and seemed to, um, you know, just really, I don't know, maybe it sounds terrible for me to say that, but really seemed to, to shipwreck their children's education um, whether through lack of effort or lack of education or whatever it is. So sometimes you can have people in the same situation, but how they approach it changes things. And as you're talking about that um, with you know substitute teaching and stuff, I'm thinking about the Pharisees here, and, and Jesus is primarily talking about them. That becomes clear because in Matthew he calls them blind guides. You know, he refers to them um, being these blind leaders. And so as he's looking at this, I think it's easy for us to forget that the Pharisees were well-intentioned. They meant well. They, you know, as a rule, again, individuals are individuals, but as a group and as a rule, they were seeking the revival of God's people. They wanted to really see those things go on, but they were doing it wrong. (laughs) You know, so there's, even though they were seeking to guide God's people, they were blind. And so as they're leading, they're taking people into the ditch. And if you have blind people who don't know the way, following blind people who think they know the way, you're going to end up in a bad situation. It's like driving with me before GPS, which you've experienced many <laughs> yes, times. Good times, good times. Well, you know, I see this in coaching a lot. You know, people who think they know, especially with youth coaches, who think they know the sport or they think they know how to lead kids, but they really don't have the slightest idea. And so they're taking them in a direction, but it's not the right direction. Yeah. And it can be damaging. It's not, <laughs> and, and, you know, that idea of being damaging kind of, Reminds me of the uh, that other portion, the next portion in in verses forty one and forty two, as Jesus talks about taking the plank out of your own eye before you deal with the speck in your neighbor's eye. And, uh, so often we uh, we look at that as dealing with judgment. I don't think that's really the intention. It can apply in that way, but I don't think that's really the intention of the passage. But it, it does it does tell us something. If I'm trying to help someone (laughs) if I'm trying to help you get something out of your eye and I got a board sticking out of my face that's not just going to be not helpful that's going to be damaging I'm going to hurt you in that process and I think that happens when we try to lead and guide and help people without humbling ourselves to to realize that maybe I don't know what I think I know and that seems to be kind of the point that Jesus is making here in, in putting these two things together, Luke says it as if it's one parable, even though it's a couple of different metaphors that he's using. That you know, we're, that idea that I have to see myself rightly. I have to understand what I don't. I got to know what I know and what I don't know. I have to understand what I don't understand enough to be able to seek help. And so, if the Pharisees had recognized that Jesus is speaking with an authority. As everybody else recognized, if they had recognized that, rather than trying to lead according to their own expectations, then they might have been in a whole different situation. And the few that did, Nicodemus comes to mind, uh, encountered Christ. And, and we have every reason to believe that Nicodemus turned to Christ. He was with Joseph of Arimathea at, uh, at the crucifixion. 
and helped with uh, Jesus being buried. So we can be, as Pharisees, we can still humble ourselves and see rightly and follow Jesus as teachers, as coaches, as parents, as spouses. When we don't know what we're doing, it's okay for us, I think, to admit that, to say, hey, you know what? I don't know. And I, when we were, before we started recording, when you and I were talking um, prior to the recording, uh, you had had mentioned the um, the idea of, let's find these answers together. You know, if I don't know, it's okay to not know. Nobody knows everything. But let's discover, let's humble ourselves enough to be able to discover together what those answers are. Uh, you know, I love the message and um, that section right after talking about the blind leading the blind it ends with the point is to be careful you uh, the point is to be careful who you follow as your teacher and I just like that line mm -hmm. because that's what it's talking about is we I mean there are countless bazillion examples of people um, like with good intentions following yeah. really poor Leaders, um, oh, absolutely. Whether they're That's intentionally what every cult is poor, based on. right? Exactly. So I just that statement. You know, the point is to be careful who you follow as your teacher. Mm -hmm. Is like, ding, you know, yeah. especially when you've got, you know, we have teenagers. Well, you have a pre-teenager right now, and um, I have a couple of teenagers, and just it's that constant reminder that you know you can't take your whether it's a movie or music or tv or a person at school or news you've media got, yeah i mean there's so media. many sources of bad information right. and bad places to follow that um the, i mean the only source is god's word so. it's funny how much of god's word you know the principles apply in every area of life we might be talking about spiritual leadership here but this is, applies to teaching your kids about dating you know being able to discern who you can trust and who you cannot right. and who who has your best interest at heart and so you know in, in looking at this the way Dr. Peterson captured it in the message and, and um, I can always count on you whatever we're talking about to bring the message up into <laughs> it and, and, you know I think every sermon I preach you end up posting those verses from the from I the do message. that most often with very familiar passages because it gives me a different yeah that's stuff a good that take. I've seen a that I've been reading since I was a kid. Change you know how you scan bit. through something. Right. It, it just makes me read it more carefully in, in a different light than I might have read it before. Especially if there's one that That's you're That's why I'm with, kind like of said, kind yeah. of into finding another translation sometimes. Right, yeah. It's, it, and the way he renders it there, I think really captures the idea that, you know, Jesus, the Pharisees are, are probably present. They're not listed here, but they seem to always be present everywhere he <laughs> goes because they're kind of hawking in on him. But... Um, but what we know is he's speaking primarily to his disciples. And then there are also the seekers who are there uh, wanting to get healed, wanting to get you know, connected with him. But they haven't really become disciples yet. They're not Christ followers per se. Um, but he's speaking about the Pharisees with them and then also or to them and then also speaking to them about their own helping helping people get the plank out of your eye before you try to help somebody else and so it, I think the point really does come back to what Dr. Peterson says there that you need to know who to follow and you need to know what kind of a leader helper brother to be because contrary to what Cain said after killing Abel 
we are our brother's keepers. Right, and, right. and as Christ followers, knowing that we are one family in Christ and we're, as a, as a body, we need to be building one another up. We see that over and over in the scriptures. The idea is not not to help your brother get the speck out of his eye. If you see somebody that you care about, you're in conversation and you see something you know, on their face or in their eye, the normal thing is, hey, hold on a second, you got something there. But if you've got stuff all over your face, that would be a dumb thing to say. Mm-hmm. And Jesus takes it so much farther with this, you know, caricature that, I mean, it's really what it is. He's given this laughable illustration. The people must have laughed when he said it, like a plank in the eye, ha mm-hmm. you know. So imagine a surgeon trying to do eye surgery, hits close to home for me yeah. after having that eye surgery not too long ago. But a surgeon who can't see because he's got junk in his own eye, that that's a terrible thing. Right. You could end up blind forever because of that. So the idea isn't to not get the speck out of your brother's eye. The idea is to get the plank out of your eye. So that you so can So that help. you can. Right. right. Because right. we do need to help one another. The judgment thing is is a separate passage that he says right before this. And, and rightly so. We do need to be mindful about judging others. And it, that's never the case. If we're looking to catch people doing wrong, if we're looking to make ourselves look better because somebody else is, or feel better because somebody else is doing bad things, then we're in the wrong place. That's not love. That's not anything like what Jesus has called us to. And it's not anything like what we see in him. But, you know, he never fails when he's with people and talking with them about their situation. He never fails to... to you know, shoot straight. You know, he doesn't pull punches with people. The woman at the well in John 4, you know, he says, you're right, you don't have a husband. You've had five husbands, actually. So, you know, the guy you're living with now, you know, he's not your, your husband. And she's like, whoa, what's going on? He didn't. He wasn't cruel and he wasn't looking down on her, but he never hesitated to say, there's sin and you got to stop the sin. Even with the, you know, the woman who was being stoned and, uh, and Jesus says, whoever, you know, is without sin, throw the first stone. She gets up. He doesn't condemn her. But he says, go and sin no more. So he's always ministering out of love. And when we minister out of love, then we take that speck out of our brother's eye. We try to help them with that, with their consent, because that's what love does. And if you got a plank sticking out of your eye, it's not likely it's gonna I'm going to... be very difficult, right? Right, and I'm not going to give my consent for you to help me. Right. Are you serious? You're going to say, i got a speck in my eye? Dude, you've got bored face. What's going on yeah. here? You know, we yeah. gotta, we got to get that Again, right. the message says, it's easy to see a smudge on your neighbor's face and be oblivious to the ugly smear on your own. Do you have the nerve to say, let me wash your face for you when your own face is distorted? And then it goes on to say, wipe that ugly sneer off your own face, and you might be fit to offer a washcloth to your neighbor. And yeah. It's that same idea. Yeah, and it, it, it's not in any way about ignoring what's on your neighbor's face. It's about get your priorities right. Right. Get your vision set so that you can see yourself for who you really are. So that you can help. Absolutely. Right. Stop seeing yourself as more righteous than you are. And in, uh, in Romans 12... Paul tells the Roman church and you know you know that's a passage that I go to a lot but he says I said each one of you don't think of yourselves more highly than you ought but with sober judgment so our tendency is 
to get self-focused. Whether it's high self-esteem or low self-esteem, it's a focus on self. And he's saying, look, just get a right assessment. Don't debase yourself. Don't think, oh, I have no talent or, or you know, I'm, I'm never going to be able to please God. I'm just a wretched sinner. Well, you were a wretched sinner before Jesus took that sin away. Now you're a saint who still sins, who still has wrong things, and you got to get those things right. So for us to be able to walk through this life, to, to be able to lead others, to guide others, um, which we are called to do, then we need to be able to recognize where we are to have a right, honest assessment of ourselves in order to be able to, to honor God in that way. So, uh, that seems like a pretty good place for us to wrap this up. Uh, there's a whole lot more that I would love to talk to you about uh, along these lines, but it seems like uh, you know that, that's a, a good stopping point. I really wanted to get into some more time. I wish we could do another podcast of it to talk about you know people... Um, living from their wounds, from the wounds of the past, and how that shapes our ability uh, to interact with others today. Well, this small handful of verses has so much in it. There's I've, a ton. First, I was like, "Well, that's not very much," and then I was like, "Well, that's a whole bunch." Yeah. It's like now a you lot. know why my sermons get so long on, yeah. on Sundays. So. All right. Well, with that, we'll wrap this podcast up. It's been good having something to talk about with you. And uh, <laughs> with that, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. And. We'll see everybody next time. Thanks for listening. You can check out our shows on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays, and on pretty much any podcast platform you'd like, including YouTube. So be sure to join us three times a week. We look forward to it.